And now, live from Pod Cabin in Burbank, California, it's the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes your guest. He's a writer, producer, and comedian you may know from the Eric Andre Show and whose book, The Perfect Amount of Wrong, is out now. It's Mike Bridenstein. And she's a comedian who made her bedroom look like a hotel room, but it's even better because it's safe to touch the remote control. It's Lizzie Cooperman. Tone Zone is here and pissed because just as soon as he got his mistletoe cured, he came down with a nasty case of jingle bells. I'm her husband, Daniel, saying hop on board the love bus and say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with her good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way he gets a dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hello, my little Pfeffer nooses. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. That particular carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon, Patreon by Ray Morgan, and he shares that his wife does not like them. No, his wife does like them. He doesn't, but I do like them. What so is it? I, a Pfeffer noose. I don't know what that is. Oh, well, let's get into that after we say hello to our guest. Hello, Mike Bridenstine. Uh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I have gotten every single thing You're wrong fine. today. Bridenstine. Bridenstine. Like Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've been saying it in my head, too. And For then sure. suddenly the show started and You're good. I just, the pressure made me go Stein, Steen. I'm with it. I, whatever you want to call it. Call it? Call it. My you mean you? <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. <laughs> Anything you. could happen. Anything, yeah. Anything. Lizzie Truly. Cooperman. Hi. It's a thrill to be back in the hot seat. It's wonderful to see you. Likewise. I cannot wait to find out a little more detail on something that came up moments before we started. Right. We will definitely be flagging that for follow-up. Yes, yes. snitching on people. (laughs) And Tony Thaxton, hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going all right. It feels weird to be here this early. It does. I know. Not that it's early, but you know. Well, for us. Yes. Although... Oh, you were also not here for the show with Robin and Dalton. Mm. That was at like 11 a.m. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It's practically the middle of the night. <laughs> All right. So I am on Patreon. 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 Fun stuff over there. You can get episodes of The Friend Zone. And I have a particularly juicy, gossipy episode that I am about to record. Ooh. Um, that's right. You can level where you can text me. I'll text you back. All sorts of fun stuff. Go for an annual subscription and get two months free. That's a good deal. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, I need to tell you that my book, Tropical Attire, Encourage and Other Phrases That Scare Me, has been re-released for the five-year anniversary with new material, new illustrations, and an updated cover. Go to AllisonRosen.com. You'll see the book there. Click on it. It'll take you there. And if you buy it on Amazon, please leave a review so that I don't have to look and see how few reviews of the new version there are. <laughs> I would like them to just put the new version and it looks like my zipper on my jacket is going to clonk the table for the whole show. I would like them to just put the new version like on the same page as the old version. I don't know if they ever do that. But it's its own new page. And it needs your love. Please, AllisonRosen.com for that. Okay. All right. So, as it turns out, <laughs> Mike and Lizzie go way back, yes? We go v- extremely f- far 2007. Back. Yeah. That's I when was, I moved here. Yeah. I remember. 
How'd you move? I, I didn't help you move or anything. No, yeah. <laughs> she carried a couch up by herself. It was great. Uh, at comedy shows. Yeah. We met at, I think there was a show called 12 Shiny Nickels that was on Sunset and Gardner. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was like a whole culture. I met every single person that I know in LA there. Yeah. At that particular show. Because there's 12 comics a night, at least two shows a night. And Lizzie and I were on like every week. Each of the comics playing the role of a shiny nickel. Five, the nickel was five minutes of comedy. Oh, got it. I okay. didn't name it. Lizzie named it. <laughs> I, did not name it. I would have done 24 rotten pennies. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's where we met. And then yeah. – so I was telling a story before the show about – that's embarrassing to Lizzie. So do I have permission? You you do have permission and then I'm going to have several qualifiers. And can I tell you the reason you have permission – and I was thinking about this on the way over because mm-hmm. last time I was here, we talked about me losing things. Yeah. And we've, we need to flag that for follow-up okay. as well. But I'm going to be okay with hitting my shame buttons. That's going to be 2024 <laughs> for me. Oh, that's good. Because for me, they're like pressure points. Like someone squeezes that weird place, mm-hmm. that webby part yeah. uh, between your thumb and forefinger. It hurts, but then it goes away. Mm-hmm. So – this is going to be a shame button experience. What Mike's about to tell you, and it's so interesting. And we'll get it. We'll get into this. I know that we have not shared with the, what the sh- what you feel is shameful about it, but I heard it, and I just like I love that. Really? Like, yeah. To me, it didn't make. I didn't instantly think that it was something that you would feel shame about. So let's let's hear what okay, it is. Okay. okay. So I was in her apartment. Her neighbor was another comedian who is dating my best friend. Mm-hmm. Who do we know who this comedian yeah. is? Mike Burns. Yeah, Shannon Hatch and Mike Burns. And lived they were downstairs. Yeah. And this was kind of a rundown building. It was a my apartment was a bachelor apartment. I didn't have I, it was a hot plate situation. Um for some reason had a terrific square shaped bathtub. Mm. But that was the the feature. I had <laughs> I, I slept in like a child's <laughs> I may as well have been sleeping in like a twin size race car bed <laughs> with no tires, <laughs> a broken down one. Well, when I was over there under the race car bed, she had just found a sandwich and she said, Mike, I just found this sandwich. Is it okay if I eat it? I don't want to waste it. And I was like, no, probably. And you go, I think it was turkey or something. But that's, I remember thinking like, cause I thought you were so funny that when that happened and it was like you like legitimately asking me, I felt like you were like a genius. I didn't think that you were like disgusting. <laughs> Mike, I'm going to take that in and experience it on a cellular level. <laughs> and we agreed not to You're eat like, it. I thought you were a genius. And by genius, I mean sandwich artist. <laughs> the way I- so do you remember anything about you thought you think it's turkey, but. Do you have a memory of seeing turkey? What kind of bread was it on? Was it in foil? Like, what are we talking about? This is a great question. It was in cellophane. It was. She did not want to waste it. Okay. And she was hungry, it sounds like. And it couldn't have been... I don't remember there being mold on it. It didn't look like... (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's possible I got it that morning. Right. Forgot about it. Put it under the For safekeeping. Where we all keep our sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Like like a hibernating bear she hit it under this the bed. This was a phase of my life where I was like drawing on my sheets and stuff. Like I, 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 I have these things called dream sheets where I was sleeping with giant pieces of muslin and then I was writing down my dreams in the morning on Sharpie. <laughs> mm, like I Sharpie. said. Now, wouldn't <laughs> my knowledge of was, muslin, wouldn't yes. 
one line of Sharpie on there and then it's just oozing out? Not this. No, okay. for whatever reason. It was left over from a play I was mm. I was in where that they kind of use muslin as the backdrop and I just had it. So I'd been doing this for a while. I was doing that. I was living in a very reckless way. I, th- I think I thought in comedy, like, it should be dangerous. Mm. I had more of like a probably like a <laughs> – burnt out rock star mentality you had a keyboard i did have a keyboard (laughs) then like now sometimes i'm like wow that comedian like planned they you know i always take a picture of her set list when she does a show with me because it just looks like chaos (laughs) that's i really do think this about i think you are a genius like i really do And so you being like, I just found this sandwich. Should I eat it? Goes along those lines. I think that's an Mm. art. That's an artist. That's a sandwich artist. That's (laughs) that's a person writing down sandwich dreams in the night. I'm I'm gonna stick with it. But that's the type of person that she. I feel like that's that was like a like a good introduction for me to be like, whoa, she's just like this tortured sandwich genius off stage <laughs> and on stage and mike it's i love that you remember that because mike is a true archivist and that's why this book is so special oh mike, yeah i should mention that mike yes. is the author of the perfect amount of wrong the rise of alt comedy on chicago's north side and i was just thumbing through it because i just got my copy forward by pete holmes and then blurbed by everyone that you know Sure, yeah. <laughs> I asked all the big names. So, He's yeah. a hilarious comedian and also remembers jokes. He'd be like, remember in 2009 you had this joke about a I'm valedictorian that was a I'm cyclops? I'm psychotic like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, and I know where I met you too. It was at and Funny at an award show. I had just shown up to town and they were like, these are these <gasps> awards. You got like female comedian of the year. And your speech, you walked out and you just started rambling. And I remember like not being able to believe anyone had that much confidence. (laughs) And then you, but it was like in a funny way. Scoomies. Something like that. Yeah, Scoomy Awards at Westwood Brewing Company. And Kinane won up and coming comedian of the year. And his speech was like, I've been doing comedy for 10 years. (laughs) Up and coming award (laughs) from a a website. Oh my goodness. Those wow. are the two things yeah. I remember from the Scoomies. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the Scoomy Awards. Um, do you feel the sandwich was store bought? <laughs> <laughs> the whole show's going to be at the sandwich. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> did it look store bought or homemade? I, I, I already know the answer to that. Please. It, I mean, it looked store bought. Yeah. Okay. There's no. That you weren't be... making a sandwich in the square bathtub. I don't remember the last. <laughs> <laughs> It did have it was a square, but it had like a cutout, so it had room, you know, yeah, like, like a cutting board room. The, yes, there was mm-hmm. a full on cutting board. I did my dishes in there. <laughs> it was yeah, a big it was sandwich. Like, it was like the type of thing you wouldn't want to throw out if it was still good. Was it a baguette style? Probably. Okay, oh, I feel who's now? fancy. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is elevating the story a little bit. And and was the apartment in France? <laughs> Whatever cheese would impress you is what it was. Brie, probably. It was brie. Turkey and brie on a baguette. Maybe, wow. I mean, the story can't get any well, better. Wait, you know yourself. What kind of cheese would you get on your baguette? Turkey I, would, I ate the sandwich. <laughs> and then I became the sandwich. <laughs> I would probably be a Swiss person, maybe. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I imp- mean yeah. important breaking cheese news. Snapchats. I really didn't understand the Swiss hype 
for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have okay. to admit, I just couldn't couldn't get behind it. I didn't like Swiss. I feel like Swiss has mm-hmm. a lot of passionate followers. People are really into Swiss, I mm-hmm. feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just wasn't one of them. But recently I've come around because in our quest to find cheap groceries, which is not going well, uh, I'm about ready to throw in the towel and just go back to grocery delivery because it's just so much easier. But we've been going to Costco every now and again. Which one? Oh. The, the Burbank one. I have to go today. Really? It's it's, it's a hateful place. It's always <laughs> it's so crowded. All Costco's are crowded. And what's your average Costco bill, would you say? Well, I'm buying it for my job. I'm the oh. GM of the Lyric Hyperion. So okay. like that's I go there for so it's in the two hundreds probably. See, and I'm buying it for my family and it's more expensive than that. But the one thing I do enjoy, they have like a Finlandia four pack of sliced cheese and it's four different kinds of cheese mm. and the only one i really like in there is the swiss hence i tony can you go back any episode where i said anything bad about swiss can you cut that <laughs> out oh yeah <laughs> thank sure. you thank you very much okay now because we're really gonna litigate this yes exactly Switzerland. But i don't i don't like swiss so let's oh. just i'll i'll put my voice oh, yeah. in saying okay, what great. you said so yeah, wait perfect. why do you not like swiss uh i just don't like the way it tastes don't you not like sandwiches or cold cuts though I'm not big on cold cuts. Mm. I don't hate them, but like it's not. I, if I have this a choice between a hot sandwich and a cold sandwich, I'm going to get a hot sandwich every time. What about a hot ham and Swiss? Yeah. Uh, Swiss wouldn't be my cheese okay. of choice. See, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be mine either. Yeah. It still just, wouldn't be. It's like, it might be the only cheese I don't like. Um, Whoa. Yeah. You know, hot Swiss, I don't think I would want. But if, it, if I'm just eating a cheese slice as an adult often does, a pre-sliced <laughs> piece of cheese. I'm going to want Swiss. It might be a texture thing. Have you ever had a Monte Cristo sandwich? Because I ordered it once. Yes. How did you feel about it? Uh, I didn't like it. I remember liking it okay. I can't really remember too It's like well, French but, toast with yeah. meat in it right. and cheese. Yeah. Where mm. are you guys with Monte Cristo sandwiches? I've never had one, but I did make love to the Comte of Monte Cristo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I think I I've read your book. <laughs> I've never Revenge, had one. Right? I think because it has ham, right? And I don't eat yeah, ham, okay. so I've never had that. But I do think Swiss cheese is like a a pair. I think it's a pair, something to pair. Yes. I don't think it's a solo Maybe with pear. Mm, wow. So she's a pear. Right. Wait, are you um, kosher? I've never had ham before. I have had pepperoni. That's my mm-hmm. confession. I used to call it secret pepperoni. If someone said, oh, we're getting a pizza, but you know, Lizzie doesn't eat it or so- someone's vegetarian and they would slice it in half. You know, there would just be a slight, a quarter crescent moon of pepperoni oh, that would land on the cheese and yeah. I would uh, joyfully accept it uh, without complaint. Right. But is, mm-hmm. but is it because of keeping kosher? Yes. No bacon? Yeah. And now... No, I've never had real bacon before. Hmm. Actual, I've had turkey bacon. Mm-hmm. But now I've become so obsessed with pigs lately that my entire Instagram like discovery mm-hmm. pages pig videos. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I there's they're smarter than 3-year-olds. Yeah. They're smarter than chimpanzees. They're smarter than Lauren Bobert. <laughs> <laughs> For that reason, I've actually stopped eating ham because they're so fucking – I just feel too guilty. I feel guilty yeah. about all meat, but I've started with pig. I've I'm started start- de-pigging yeah. my, my diet. I think it's a – they're very sensitive and mm-hmm. intelligent. And you know those buttons that now dogs can use where they're like, I'm hungry. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking oh. about. Wait, I don't, I don't, is what video I, is this that I, I haven't I, seen? I don't buy it. I don't, th- really? I don't think the dogs are really – 
know what they're I've seen doing. those videos and I agree with him. Yeah. Wait, all I do is I live my life online. How have I not seen these videos? There are buttons that let the animal tell you what they want. They'll be like, hug me, hug me. Like they t- like a pig, for example, will just like smush its snout against oh, it. Oh, how cute. I think yeah. it's random. Yeah, I do too. Interesting. Okay. How do you feel, Lizzie? I mean, I'd like to think that it's real and that they're communicating because they're very, I don't know. I just, I really want a pig. Like this is part mm-hmm. of my 2024 vision. You deserve a pig. <laughs> Get a pig. <laughs> no, I think there's, you know, Back in the day, people were getting like George Clooney got a pot belly pig or something. Yes. But I don't think I think that doesn't exist. That's I think so you're out. just gonna get yeah. <laughs> tired pot belly pigs, wired, giant four hundred pound pigs. I've heard <laughs> Hell that some, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that some people buy a pig thinking yes. oh, it's so cute and little, and then oh, it just yeah. continues mm-hmm. to grow until they have like a full blown Exactly. Essentially. I, I think that's to me with a Bernice Mountain dog though. <laughs> Mike <laughs> For real? Yeah. How how did you think it was going to be small? They're I all big. I just wanted it to be a puppy forever. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mike has the most gigantic dog I've ever seen in my life. How big? 120? Wow. Yeah. He's he's horrifyingly big if you're afraid of dogs. Do you think he could press buttons? He would he would do it randomly, mm-hmm. I think. Mm. But if you were like he's always hungry. Like dogs are always <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think that the pig is pushing the button, but I don't think it knows what it's But say a dog like bats at something like open this cupboard or something. Like don't dogs do things like yes. that where they're like, yeah, I want but this. They're not I mean they're showing you what they want. They're not, not very subtle. But if he can do that, then wouldn't you go, oh, every time I press this button, someone feeds me. I want to believe yes. you. If there was a button where the, he would tell me what, what it was, like, yeah. But yeah. then again, every time there was like a firework would go off, he'd be like, we're all going to die. Like, it would, <laughs> it would be unfun a lot. You'd have to have a button that says that, though, too. Yeah. So. Or like the UPS guy comes and he's just like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> well, like, Wendy, you know... If she get put something in, if she picks up something that she's not supposed to have, we'll say drop it and then give her a treat. So now what she does is picks up something <laughs> and she never eats it. She it's just like a kid's toy or something. Picks it up and then comes and like stands in front of you and like tries to get your attention and just waits you out until like until you give her a treat and then she does it over and over again. And I think basically we've inadvertently trained her to put things she's not supposed to have in her mouth. And I don't know, like, how to undo that. It's not really a problem. But, like, yeah, she knows she gets a treat for this behavior that we don't want her to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to yeah. undo. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. You have such an intimate relationship with this animal. The pig. No, I'm just saying, like, having a pet. Because I haven't had a dog. But you took care of giant time. poodles. Yes, I did take care of Again, I developed strong relationships yeah. with them that felt like this is this is a lot. Mm-hmm. Like one of the dogs, I could feel his worry, you know? Yeah. His grandfatherly worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for yeah, him. I know. What was he worried about? Like the gardener, the, these people had a gardener, the gardener would come and he would come and like put his hands around my Aww. neck. Unless he was like into choking. <laughs> 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 Heimlich. He was into Heimlich maneuvers. <laughs> <laughs> to be specific. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Now, you said, I'm sorry, I'm not really going to do the yeah. sandwich the whole time, but I am going to ask this because yes. you said that 
2024 is about going to the shame buttons. Going but why do you feel shame about that? Because I think it's just an amusing story. I've had so many things come up lately that have been like exposed my greatest weakness, I feel like, which is my my lack of being able to streamline my life. Mm. And at a certain point, I have to ask myself, are you going to streamline? Do you want streamlining or acceptance? Are you going to continue to fight the current of mm. who you are and constantly act like getting your life in order is just this um, uh, battlefield? Or are you just going to lie in bed and be like, I'm a raccoon? <laughs> I'm a raccoon. <laughs> I'm okay falling asleep with ginger chew wrappers on my chest. I want you to be the raccoon. Yeah, be the raccoon. Everyone loves the raccoon. Wait, but now by raccoon, what do you mean? Like, what is what is um, whatever the first thing you describe? What is streamlining your life versus like being yourself? What does that mean? I tried to become a minimalist at one point. A wave of things came back (laughs) in my life. Papers, built. Like, I just don't. I just haven't gotten to the to Mm. the things. I think I'm going to use things I know I'm probably not. Like, what do you do with, like, old CDs and stuff? Oh, God. I am the worst. I mean, I'm, like, like a, f- a few bad things happen to me, and I'm a hoarder. Like, I am right. almost a hoarder right now, so I'm the wrong person to ask. I am on your side of needing to know the answer. What do you guys okay. do with old CDs? Mine are just it's, in a binder at my parents' house. Yeah. Uh, case logic. Yeah. Yeah, I would sold all mine to Amoeba years ago. Mm-hmm. So yours I don't think, I don't think that. Oh, so yeah, a raccoon yeah. doesn't keep the right. case. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, it's just loose in a book that I spilled a beer on in college, right. and they're all sticky and ruined anyway. <laughs> totally. See that? That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. You have so, any options there? So the raccoon is—it's just how I operate. Mm-hmm. A messy de- Like I'll go. This is. I've got to do something. But I. I saw a clip online. There's this woman named Casey Davis who has wrote this book i believe that's her name where she was like just do what you can do and don't worry about it it's not like i see um every time i look at a pile of laundry i think what is wrong with me Mm. she's like laundry moves in a cycle so it can't always be clean and put away and if i start to think of it in terms of cycles i think that that helps And um, I'm in my garbage cycle. <laughs> so it's so I'm you trying. feel shame about not having like a tidy, neat life. Yes. I have shame about that. And just, yeah, like that found item and running a deli underneath <laughs> my furniture. <laughs> but I also, so I, uh, and last time we, I was on here, we mm. talked about how I was trying to turn my bedroom into yes. a hotel room. I need an update on that. <laughs> like, so fun. I like this. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try to redecorate my room and make it. Hotel I got, room chic. I've made progress. I've actually made progress. Um, I put bars on all the windows. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> you have to use a key card to get in. Yeah, you have to use a key card. Um, I have really bad con- conditioner now. Uh-huh. Um, Do you have like a tiny coffee maker that apparently yeah. other you know people might have pissed in? <laughs> Oh my god, the tiny coffee maker. <laughs> um, I have a TV that just shows like vacation experiences. <laughs> <laughs> a Bible. And no, I hung up curtains. So 
So I saw these online on Instagram. They look beautiful. I got curtains. I did not realize that I purchased blackout curtains. Oh. Smash cut to me waking up in the year 2052. <laughs> I was like, where am I? Uh. I missed my wedding. <laughs> what happened? I but that outside. is hotel-like. Yes. I got the curtains. I can't believe. Blackout curtains. It was a little dangerous in the beginning. I slept mm-hmm. till like 2 p.m. <laughs> when you were know. waking up with the sun before this? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with a rooster. Yeah, with the with the I was going to I was actually living yeah, like a raccoon. I was sleeping <laughs> on, a most of the time. <laughs> on a trash can. And sure. then I also got a soap dispenser for my bathroom because I could never figure oh, yeah. out how to unlock the soap the thing. Pump. You know, you have to turn it and turn it. The pump. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I could. Do never... you really know, Mike? Nope. <laughs> I could so, feel he, could, he Mike... looked. Mm-hmm. He looked confused, and then he went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I came in hot with the story that was before the show, so mm-hmm. she's angry with me. So I'm trying to subtly make up for it. Oh, oh tell me, <laughs> you've never not been able to open the soap and decide to dip the wand, rub the wand. Oh, on it's your always head? a nightmare for me. If I'm okay. being honest, okay. Yeah, I'm four years old when it comes to like domestic things. You're saying all of these things, <laughs> and I'm just like a laundry nightmare person. There was a guy that my sister really? said her boss, she said to her boss, like, I want to lose weight. But she said, and her boss said to her, and she reported this back to me, no, you don't, or you would. People don't want, people who want mm. things actually do them. And that fucking destroyed me. Mm. And so, like, I don't feel good about accepting anything ever. Like, I don't accept any parts of me. Like, if I don't change it, I feel like it's just like, compartmentalized part of my shame personality as well. Maybe that's why we get along. Um, <laughs> I just want to say that guy can get fucked. <laughs> like there's an element of truth in that. Yeah. You know, if someone's like, I really want to do this and they, it's the same and what, you know, and it's the same thing and they've been saying it for 45 years or something. Mm-hmm. I suppose at that point, right. maybe, but like in the same way that laundry is a cycle, I feel like, projects and things that you're focusing on are a cycle and like we all have things that are challenging to us Mm -hmm. and i just feel like that's like really simplifying it it is really simplifying it but i have listened to self-help books that are like there's wanting things and there's deciding to do the thing Mm. and i think that that's true the way that the guy said it was particularly off-putting yeah but it does it is sometimes an oversimplification can get to like the root point of it And so that is why it fucking destroyed me also because like there's so many things that self-improvement things at that point in my life I wanted to do. Like I quit drinking. I quit like a lot of bad things. And so I like that's how I looked at it also. Mm. I was like I didn't want to accept those those parts of of wait did you quit those things after you heard this guy say A lot of things after that. Like it really destroyed my brain. (laughs) But when you say destroyed – but it sounds like it actually helped you get to a better place. It did. It did because um, I never accept the thing that's wrong with me. Like mm-hmm. I have to like be like put it aside till I'm ready to deal with it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I've noticed that about you actually. We've talked about it. I th- I call it throwing hail marys. Yes, that's. It would right. explain this. Um. I I listened to a book called Poke the Box. I forget the guy, but he's like a self help guy, mm. and it was like try to try to get stuff. Poke the box, That's an odd name for a book, but anyway, onward. I didn't even think of that. Oh, you didn't? That's the first thing I thought. Of. No one told him. I'm just like, right. One time, yeah. Anyway, it's about it's a porno. Is what it is. Right. 
Who plays the box? <laughs> um, yeah, how did no one tell him that's a bad I, title? I, I feel like this has happened. Maybe he planned it on purpose. Oh, uh, maybe. And he's like, so get funny. it. And that's I was like, like Amy no. Schumer named her job child genital or whatever. Yeah. Genital. And then changed it. Because it was too much like genital. <laughs> yeah. And I had a friend who had a pen name that was OB something. And no one told him. And I was like, OB is gynecologist. OB tampons. Too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you need to run your stuff by yeah, someone workshop it. critical. And yeah. more than one friend. Right. Right. So this guy had no who had no friends wrote this book. I read a book called Finger of Vagina. <laughs> and it... Uh, it was like basically like if you are thinking of trying something, just like you can just try to get away with it. Basically, do it and just you know kind of see what, what you mean, is get available. away with it. Or take like you want to you want to try shoplifting, <laughs> just do it. Man, I wish I would have thought about this before. But I, I the book is like you can just start to do things. Whatever you want to do, you can just kind of start to do, mm. and people will just let you. Is, is kind of like the lesson that I took Ooh. from it. And it's kind of amazing. I started this job that I, I'm like the GM of a comedy theater now. And my qualifications for that job were nothing. Costco membership. Costco, <laughs> which I got later. Okay. I, oh, you my, faked that even. Wow. Yeah, it's like, the Kirkland yeah. Theater. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Kirkland Theater. Yeah. the Like, so I was, but then everybody just kind of let me do it. Did you? Did you have to act like you had more experience than you did? No. I people when I when I go in places now, people ask me if I'm the owner. It's absurd. I think it's cuz I have gray beard and mm-hmm. I'm like it's like what are you doing in LA if you're not the owner of this thing? I right. think I don't I don't ask them why did you ask me? That? Right. I, I I like it for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, so people I think that whatever you people want to do, they can just start doing and people We'll let them. <gasps> like a confidence Wait. thing. I think so. Mm-hmm. This is a good – now, I know there's a difference between goals and resolutions, but this is a good New Year's goal. What if we each vowed to just start something? Yeah. What I've kind, that's kind of how I – I wrote a book. No one was like, why? Like, <laughs> I, how, my qualifications for writing a book are nothing. You know what I mean? Like – I love that you did this. It's it's like the perfect blend of your talents, I think. What um, made you want to write this book? Tell me about the book. Boredom during COVID. But oh, I, come on. We were all bored and not all of us <laughs> wrote books. <laughs> it was a moment in my life. This is, this is another psychotic thing. I was like, no one's doing anything. All I have to do is outwork all the people doing nothing and it will be rewarded for it. And I was. So it's like psychotic. But um, everybody was – the question I get asked more than anything is because I came up in the Chicago stand-up mm. scene. So people are like, all oh, those comedians, like, what was that like? And then I heard a podcast where somebody did the history of that scene and they got it like wrong to the point that I was like, oh, they just wanted to talk to celebrities, which is mm. which is cool. They don't want the answer. So I was like, what if I did one where I did both, where I gave like the – Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. It was yeah. – uh, tell me – this podcast episode was someone interviewing Yeah, they're people? like, this is the history of the Chicago oh. alt-comedy scene. Who's pod? Can you say? Do you not want to say? Um, I'll just. It was Wayne Fetterman. Was oh, yeah. whose it was, and he when he and I'll just say because like I like all of these people. I like Wayne. Uh, from what I, I mean, I don't know him, but I, like he, I don't have anything against him. And then uh, for the there was an episode he did about the Lincoln Lodge, like this very specific venue in Chicago, 
And that was started by this guy, Mark Geary, and this other guy, Tom Lawler. But to ask about it, he he interviewed Emily Gordon, who is great. Emily Gordon is great. She's an Oscar-nominated author. But that's not who I would have asked. Mm-hmm. I would have asked her about a lot of other stuff. It's just like, oh, you just wanted to talk to Emily Gordon, right. which is like another – she does know about it. But it's like you should ask the guy, the people that came up with it mm-hmm. if you want like the right answer. I would guess. So I decided to – I was like, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Just like I'll just do something with it. And then, um, you know, people did interviews and it, I just kept going with it and kept pitching it. And, and um, yeah, it's been – like it was like a lot of fun and uh, I'm glad that it's out. You mm-hmm. know? And did you from the beginning – so you wanted to tell the story of the the Chicago scene. Yeah. Did you initially envision it as a book or did you consider like other formats? I can I started just talking about it on Zoom like on a podcast and then I was like this should be mm-hmm. compiled somehow. Mm-hmm. The Chicago scene improv was like the big thing. Uh it was like so even when I started there um my coworkers when I had a, like a sales job there they're like do you mean second city and I would have to say no like Jerry Seinfeld but You had to say yes and <laughs> yes <laughs> don't <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld at the beginning of Seinfeld when he talks into a microphone and they would be like oh so no one gave no one cared about stand up in the city of Chicago stand up was lame in the early 2000s mm-hmm. like it wasn't cool and then all of the clubs closed in the late '90s, so there was there was the one home club Zanies, and they didn't um, book any of the people in the scene there. They were like, no, like we they did not nurture a local scene, so there was nowhere for people to do stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that it produced all of the people that it produced, like Beth Stelling, like Pete Holmes, like Hannibal Burris, Kumail Nanjiani, like. The I list didn't goes on. Pete was in Chicago. Yeah, I, the first day I walked into an open mic, I saw him like on stage, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" But um, the fact that it produced all those people and it was extra impossible made me want to like kind of document it more. Extra impossible because there was no support was no, for stand-up. Yeah, there, it was lame. The city wanted a different type mm-hmm. of comedy, and um, there was nowhere to do it. You know, it's funny. I remember when stand-up was lame. Yeah. It was like not mm. just – do you? I mean, lame is too strong, but I just feel like there was a time where you'd see someone with like sh- – well, now I'm kind of talking about 90s, 80s. That's what like, it was lame. You'd yeah. see someone with shoulder pads in yep. front of a brick right. wall mm-hmm. and just and it'd just be like an instant groan. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I don't want to watch this. Looney tie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was a Beavis and Butthead episode where the guy on stage goes, why do they call it taking a dump when you're really leaving a dump? And they're like, this sucks. And like, <laughs> I was like, that was like the mid nineties. Wow. And I was, I was like, just struck by that question. Hold on. <laughs> process, process. But I re- at the beginning, when I first moved there from Iowa, it was either to go to Chicago or Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And I kind of regretted not going to Minneapolis at first because like the guy, like a guy that had moved there was already getting like MC work at Acme. Who, who was that? John Lewis was his name, not okay. the famous civil rights leader. But. Oh. <laughs> uh, I didn't know John. Maybe that was after I left. Ye- possibly, but like, okay. um, I don't know who was there. If like Amber Preston was there, or like that was after my Jackie time. Cation I, I was, was gone, gone by then. Okay, but um, we like Acme was like a real club that was like mm-hmm. really good, and we didn't have any of that. So I didn't at that moment in time. I was like, we're just performing like standing on coffee tables and. Stuff like and in the backs of restaurants and doing surprise comedy for people. And so it was I didn't realize in that moment like how crazy special it was mm-hmm. and so until until much later. 
But like all the like you, I walked into an open mic. It was like Nate Bergazzi, Kumail, like T.J. Miller, um, like a, just a ton of like famous people, like that are famous now, are just like twenty two in this mm-hmm. open mic. So mm. it was I, that's what I wanted to document. So you're are you from Iowa? Yes, I w- I grew up in Muscatine, oh, Iowa. Goodness. Muscatine. I don't know what are the where is uh Paul Rust and he's from Lamar's. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, wow, and you I would not have pulled that well. out. This yeah. Blue Bunny ice cream is from Lamar's. Really? That's how I remember where he's from. Damn. He, didn't he work at Blue Bunny? Yeah, I think he so. He has so some association with Blue Bunny. Grew up in close proximity then, because I'm Minnesota. He, Yeah, he was. You and I. No, I was oh, no? hours and hours. Away. Oh, forget it. I, I am so <laughs> much. I am too. I'm like, we were neighbors. <laughs> but I could see Russia from my- There you go. <laughs> 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 yeah. Minneapolis mm. though that that scene was pretty impressive. Oh like, yeah, it was it was out of control. Yeah, I forgot that the first person I walked walked in on <laughs> it sounds like I walked in on <laughs> the was Pete Lee. Wow. So Pete Lee, uh, Andy Ritchie, may he rest in peace, one yeah. of the funniest comedians yeah. ever. He was in my Come new faces. Oh really? Yeah. I thought he was an Austin guy. I guess I'm confused. He started to... in Minneapolis and okay. moved to Austin, yeah. And when were you in um, Chicago? I was he? never in Chicago. Oh. I started in Minneapolis. Then a crazy turn of events brought me to New York. I I was featuring for Tony Rock at Penguins in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I would do that open mic uh, every month. They really? Had, they had There's a person named Tony Rock at Penguins? So Tony crazy. Rock, Chris Rock's brother. Oh. Here's what's so crazy. The jacket I'm wearing... Is so from 2002 or something when I used to work in the Mall of America at Arden B, then go upstairs and host at Knuckleheads Comedy Club, which is also in the mall. I lived at the Mall of America when I started comedy. It was snowing. I'd be there when the mall walkers got there before (laughs) stores opened, and I would leave pitch dark outside. And then you worked at Victoria's Secret in a mall. Yeah. Yeah, the mall I is shut calling it down you. The mall calls. The call of the, the mall. mall. The call of the mall. <laughs> I remember Arden B. I haven't heard that name yeah, in so that's long. What, what's so crazy is my and my friend Annie Letterman, hilarious comedian, has this jacket as well, but in the same color. Yes, same jacket color and everything. Oh my god! Somebody came to my show at the Fable this week and told me their favorite comedian was Annie Letterman, and I told them to look you up. I say that she oh, opens for her. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah Annie takes me on the road. It's so fun because I get to do like clubs. Uh, we're going to Denver in February. Come see us. Where are you doing? Um, Comedy Works. Huh? Love it. That's the first place I I worked with her. But um, oh yeah, Tony Rock. So. After my set, he was like, hey, if you're ever in New York, I'll get you a spot at the comic strip. And weirdly, I was go- had planned a trip to New York. So he writes down the booker's information for me on a cocktail napkin. And I was driving home. I'm sorry I did smoke at the time. I was in my 20s. Just right. let me let me be free. My shame <laughs> buttons. I, I was not eating a sandwich while smoking. Um, I rolled down my window as I'm driving through a cornfield and the napkin blew out my window. <gasps> no oh my god so i went back to minneapolis and i was like i don't know what to do and like no one believed me that like i you know like people were like wait he said what that you could perform at the comic strip or whatever john bush who lived in minneapolis was a used to be a regular at the at the comic strip called the guy told me told him to book me so i i performed at the comic strip and i got passed as a regular to work in that club 
And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to move to New York. So I went back to Minneapolis and I'm like, this guy, Lucian Hold, passed me to work at the club and someone said, he's dying. You have to go now. He, and, I don't know why that's making me laugh. I'm sorry. That's not funny at all. <laughs> well, what's interesting is when he First shook my napkin. hand backstage, I noticed that he was missing fingers and he had lupus and scleroderma, which mm. is like a degenerative yeah. tissue wow. disease. I hope I'm getting that right. And so I moved there. I ended up taking care of him. I was on a rotating, me and Carmen Lynch wow. and some of the other New Yorkers, we would go bring him yogurt. We would make him yogurt, put blueberries in it. I remember exactly the whole thing. We would slice up melon, sit with him, watch a movie. And then he died while I was there. And then I moved to LA, I think not long after. That's, we, I've had that thought before where somebody offers me like a pretty huge opportunity. I'm like, man, I hope they don't die. That's like, right. is that a wild Centering thought? yourself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I was like, what? And they said, yeah, he's been sick for a long time. Like, he, well, he's probably not going to be at the club or, you know, he's probably going to have to not. But he kind of came around until the very end. He would just kind of sit in a booth there. Were you really sad when he died? That's so sad. Oh, I was, I actually felt like I had developed a deep relationship with him. Like with the poodle? I, you also have a deep relationship with the poodle. I'm not being disrespectful. I develop closeness easily. Mm -hmm. Can I amend what I just said about getting too close too early? Because yeah. I do have boundaries. <laughs> but if I have kind of an that you know, I guess maybe I'm like a, a, a bit of a romantic, not in the sense of like a romantic mm -hmm. relationship, but like, you know, I feel like you're des certain people, you're destined to meet them mm -hmm. and at certain points in time and stuff. Well, it seems like he had a big effect on your career yes. and like, yeah, that toy. Yeah. But, but I just, I was just wondering because like, gosh, taking care of someone at the end and sitting with them and all that and then the, losing them. It's well, there's one other element to this that is kind of crazy, which is that I lived in a really bad neighborhood at the time. I lived in Bushwick before it was, mm. you know, when it was a little rough um, off the Jay Z train mm -hmm. or whatever, or JMZ. Jay Z. Stop. Okay. Yes. And um, so a lot of times I didn't want to go home. I was scared to go home. And Lucian let me stay at his place. And the night before he died, he let me sleep in his bed and he stayed on the couch because he mm. let, he said it was better for him for his limbs to dangle. He said, I just like, I remember I wore his golf t shirt. I slept in his bed. That morning, I went to work and I was like, bye, Lucian. I had some temping job. I left. And then whoever came to the house next was like, he died. Oh. And so he may have died that night. And I just didn't know. From like, maybe couch. I thought he was sleeping. <laughs> the story has taken a dark turn. <laughs> and, well, I mean, I don't, I mean, I actually don't, I, I kind of don't see it that way. I just mm -hmm. think like, oh, how, I thought it was kind of like, I don't know. Because I think people kind of choose yeah. when they're going to die, too. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Is he older? <laughs> I'm like trying to spin it so it's not dark. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I actually don't know no, how old he is. The yeah. reason it took a dark turn is because Mike is suggesting. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, good. it. was because yes. he s sacrificed his bed. What other buttons do you want to press? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Turn I, me inside out. I so 
Whenever I feel empathy to that level that I was feeling it, I have to make a joke out of it. I don't know what it is. So it means that you were making me feel vulnerable. You were pushing his buttons. You were pushing my buttons. Ah. So like we had a friend who went missing earlier this year. He's fine. But every I was getting all these messages like he's missing, he's missing, like no one can find him. And then they found him. And I felt like such a relief, but I also, I didn't, I felt, I didn't like how vulnerable I felt. So I texted so many people back and I was like, did you hear he's missing again? Like, <laughs> just because I couldn't take the, like that level of. How did they take that? They hated it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was a kid, like this, my grandmother got a new husband. He came up to our table and he had like tears in his eyes and he's like, I just wanted to thank your family for accepting me the way that you have and all at once all of this midwestern catholic family just goes well i wouldn't say that we've <laughs> accepted you we, we couldn't take yeah that vulnerability so that's what that was when you were saying that you compartmentalize that is kind of what i'm saying because i think i've said sad things too and you've been like so anyway i i feel <laughs> I like do, you, i can't do it you don't want to take you don't want to absorb it or something yeah I'm be- or, or i feel like I don't know what the right thing is to say. So ah. if I say obviously the wrong thing, then it mm. absolves me from having anything to say. <laughs> mm. Why don't you try going deeper into it? I don't know. I was telling Allison no, the last say, time I listened to should. this to this <laughs> show, it made me want to do therapy because I've never have gone. Oh, to you therapy. haven't? No, I oh, went, well, I went one time, and the guy he goes, "Why don't you build a sandcastle and destroy it?" What? And I was like, "What?" what? Wait, like figure, like literally or figuratively? Literally. And I was like, what? had you been in there talking about your issues with the beach or something? No, I said like, it was like about creativity or something. And he like, I think he was like, well, don't put so much pressure on yourself, mm. build something and destroy it. And I was like, what? Like go to the beach? I'm not like, what? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember one time I was having problems. Like I'm, I always have problems making decisions, not big decisions, big, huge decisions. Like, should I move to this place or like, where should I go to college or should I, you know, get married? Should I have kids? Those, those things are very, I, it's always been pretty clear to me. It's little inconsequential decisions that don't really matter that all of a sudden I, I place all this importance on and then I get stuck uh, trying to make these decisions. I've gotten better, but I remember discussing this with, with a therapist a long time ago and she was like, you know, why don't you, like open a catalog or something and on each page choose one item if you had to get one item. And I was thinking, well, that's really easy. That's going to be really easy for me. That's not, it's different. Um, I guess my point being not everything therapists say is helpful, but I find most of it is for me at least. Oh yeah. I just actually fired mine. You did? Yeah, I wasn't seeing her for very long, but she started pulling out diagrams. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, she just became very bumbling. She pulled out a pictures of all these skeletons and evolution. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not. I don't <laughs> get what. She was telling me that I, I have an alarm. I'm easily alarmed by mm-hmm. things, um, which is true. I have sometimes I'll go, oh, my God. Like, I, I can't. I have like a lot of uh, what. No, I was like wondering what the skeletons had to do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> she was trying to show me something about how we evolved and how if you grow up a certain way in a certain environment that you'll be be more oh. easily startled or something, I think. Huh. 
But it wasn't just that. And bless her heart. I think she was better for other people. She wanted me to be to show her physically how I felt mm. in certain situations. And I, I did not enjoy um, performing. Per, yeah, I didn't like sh- I didn't like contorting my body over Zoom. Oh, it was over Zoom. Yeah, oh, that's even so, worse. I okay. So I have had this. By the way, I have a read for therapy coming up, and I'm just trying to figure out the right time because I feel like <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna do it later. Well, it might help me actually. It might help me. Yeah. I, maybe I could use this. Yes. Yeah, and, and same with me too. <laughs> Yeah, we desperately need. <laughs> okay, well, I'll do it now, and and then I'll and then I'll tell you about something in therapy that didn't quite work well for me. Okay, but again, look, I well, I'll do it, and I'll explain in the read. No, I can say it now. I've been in therapy for a long time. I've had a few different therapists, and um, I go weekly, and, and I rely on it. Uh, okay, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. Lizzie, you were talking about goals and resolutions, which, yes. by the way, after this, I want to find out sort of the, what you mm-hmm. think is the difference between the two. But perhaps a resolution you might keep with yourself or a goal is uh, to start therapy or to resume therapy. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Uh, As I just said, I have been going to therapy for a while. Um, I feel like I I just, I get so much out of it. It helps me. I keep, um, there's a note in my phone, in my notes app, where I just met, like list things that I want to talk to my therapist about. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know where I would be if I weren't in therapy. Uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bestfriend today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash bestfriend. We are supported by Masterclass. I want to tell you guys about Masterclass. I've told you about them before, uh, but I just recently watched Bobby Brown Makeup and Beauty. Bobby Brown, the makeup artist, um, because as much as I have been doing my makeup for just so long, I never really felt confident with eyeshadow. And so I thought I would like to see what she has to say about it. And she teaches the perfect smoky eye. And I've also talked to you guys before about how much watching uh, Judy Bloom's class just kind of opened my eyes to, oh, everyone lets the haters get to them, but she found a way to rise above. Masterclass makes a meaningful gift this season for you and anyone on your list because both of you can learn from the best to become your best, from leadership to effective communication to cooking. Whether you're watching Masterclass on TV, listening in audio mode in the app or on the site, the quality speaks for itself. It's like Masterclass instructors are your own personal mentors that are going to help you reach the next level. How much would it cost to take one-on-one classes from the world's best? Easily hundreds to thousands of dollars. With Masterclass, annual membership, it's $10 a month. Membership started $120 a year for unlimited access to one-on-one classes with all 180 plus masterclass instructors. Learn how to negotiate a raise with Chris Voss or manage your relationships with Esther Perel. 
I always want to say Esther Perel, but I believe it is a stare. And I learned that from the morning show. There are over 180 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like your personal style with Tom France, which Daniel watched, uh, that helped Daniel put together his Luke. And then also, I, I love the one with Jenny of Jenny's ice cream. You guys, vanilla is poetry. Uh, it's I, every class. I, I want to watch every class. Boost your confidence and find practical takeaways you can apply to your life and at work. And if you own a business or are a team leader, use Masterclass to empower and create future-ready employees and leaders. And, you know, um, the, the renowned and very young poet, Amanda Gorman, she has a class on there. I was just watching a sample of it. You have to write every day, even if it's just gibberish. I don't think an email counts, though because that's what I do. This holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash best friend. Right now you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash best friend. Masterclass.com slash best friend. Offer terms apply. Okay, so when I was in therapy in New York, um, that therapist would occasionally like be like, do you want to bring out your anger? And there was this like big foam thing in the office and a tennis racket, like a very old fashioned tennis racket. Uh, and I think the idea was like, you'd like yell and like hit this thing with a tennis racket. And I could, I never, ever wanted to do that. I wanted to get as far away as possible from that whole thing. It just didn't, it, that felt like a performance to me. Yeah. What if it had been pickleball? <laughs> How would that have changed? That would have changed it for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And also, like, another time it'd be like, you know, why don't you pretend the pillow is that person and say right. what you want to say? It's like, How do you know, know when it's time to break up with your person? I, I was feeling worse after I saw her mm. instead of better. And I have to say, the re- part of the reason I went to her actually traces back to your podcast because I was supposed oh, no. to get a referral <laughs> to see a psychiatrist so that I would get Adderall. Oh. Which we talked about on the show. And instead of getting Adderall, and this was what I wanted to flag when I came in, I was like, there's something that happened last time, how I left my lost lost my wallet at yeah. the laundromat, and I uh, accused the world of stealing it. Mm-hmm. And then they showed me the video footage, and they were like, the thief was you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Message received. <laughs> I went away to Portland, and the first night, I lost my charger and my journal. Oh, geez. The second night, my cell phone. Oh. I lost all my possessions and they all floated back to me. Oh. Like in really abstract, like someone found my charger, someone found my journal, brought it to my hotel, my phone I had left in an Uber. Here's I a was, pattern. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> it's a, it flew out the window of your car. Uh, it flew out the window. Oh, yeah. The it napkin. sucked out the window, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it feels like everything is kind of like this mobile of like, mm-hmm. but I I also need to get the tiles that I attach to the things. Which oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about those, right? So this is a good reminder being back here because I wanted to go. Uh, growth is a spiral. You return to the same themes, but hopefully you're yes. better next time. That's kind of from the artist way. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I was hoping that I would be in a better place this time. So I need to get those tiles. my life. <laughs> Wait, how did they return to you? How did these items return to you? A comedian brought me my charger and my notebook, met me at my hotel. The next night, 
I was at a show. I was having so much fun. I left the show. I was in an Uber uh, with this lovely guy I met while I was there talking, having fun, then get back to the hotel and I'm like, oh my God, where's my phone? Did I, the Uber driver, then the next day I went to T-Mobile and I was going to have to like figure out, do I, you know, do I get a burner phone (laughs) (laughs) for my sketchy, shady lifestyle? And then they called my phone. Oh, no, no. This is, does anyone want to hear this? I want to hear it. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have an Apple Watch. Why? They, I was conned. I was conned. Oh, do you not use it? No, I like it, but they were like, it's free with your phone. But oh. It's not, wasn't really free. Mm-hmm. It turns out. It's just kind of like more of a bill each month. It's like but, the opposite of free. The, the person I was with was trying to call my phone and my watch wasn't ringing. So I was like, well, maybe I can just get by with my watch for the rest of the trip, which is crazy because I was having to Uber and stuff, which you can't do from mm-hmm. an Apple watch. But I was like, maybe I'll take taxis and then there's a workaround so I can just like go home and use like a phone I just have, mm-hmm. maybe a Blackberry I have in a drawer, <laughs> like a true raccoon. <laughs> so they try. So at the T-Mobile store, the guy tried calling my watch and it called my phone and the Uber driver was charging it. He had it. Oh, and he was charging it? How nice. And he was charging it. And then he was like, my girlfriend, I had to do a staged reading that day for the festival. So I was at this bar doing a staged reading and the girlfriend dropped it off. That's Damn. so nice. It all came back to me. See, the universe looks out for you. Can I tell you the opposite story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to get a passport. Uh, I got a phone call in the middle of a comedy show and it's a cop. And he's like, "We do you know this name? And I said, No. And he said, he has your passport. Like, and I'm like, what? And then I'm like, yeah, I don't. And he's like, okay, I'm going to mail it to you. And so it's going to come in the mail from. Did like, he say why this guy had your passport? No, he just, he, he had a bunch of them, I guess. Like I usually, my wife will get like an update that says like what mail is going to be in the mailbox the next day. And this wasn't one of them. So it was like stolen in transit <gasps> from the post office, like to another post office and he wasn't in LA. He was in like uh, a different town. So I knew that the mail was coming and then it got to my mailbox. I was in Chicago while this happened. And so I knew it was physically in my mailbox at home. And when I got home, I have I, I have a house, but it's like a shared kind of an HOA mailbox mm-hmm. where people – it had been ripped open and it was stolen again. So someone found it and then returned it. Did it? Say, did the envelope say like passport inside? It was fragile it, it or said, something. How does everyone steal? How does people? How does people know? I don't know about the first time. The second time, it was like a regular envelope. For, and then it's like just bad luck, I guess. Yeah, but I think it because I literally just got a new passport, and I think the outside of it does say something like that. It's from whatever the passport. <sighs> office whatever it's right. called yeah it's like, please steal this passports are us yes so i had to get a p.o box you guys because so, of the passport just to get your passport yeah and i still and i have to start over so with like mm. a birth certificate and all this stuff yeah. so i just kind of put it off was so. the trip derailed as a result yeah I, my sister lives overseas and so like i can't go i had so everyone's like when are you getting a passport i'm like yeah it was in my mailbox so, <laughs> so wait, someone has your passport out in the world, though? Yeah, I canceled it. And when you cancel it, like I marked it as stolen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, can I just get it? Do you have to get a new face? I have to get a new face. Yeah. <laughs> so I got th- new faces. 
<laughs> yeah, again. So they have to take HGH and fucks up with your jaw. That's a comedy festival thing. Yeah. You did it. No, I know. I'm I'm saying for that them. for the, for yeah. the and best friends. So yeah, I have to go get the whole thing done over again. And, and I don't know if it like the first time, I don't know how you avoid that the first time. Like when it's stolen like from internally right. the post office. What are they doing with it? Stealing your identity to, and then they're like, "You better ch- check uh, credit, free credit report." Wow! Like, all the time. Oh yeah, because a passport is like the powerful. Oh, so they're not trying to like travel somewhere with drugs in their butt with your passport or something. They're just <laughs> <laughs> that's where my brain went or something. Yeah. They are just using it as your like a form of identification, probably. Yes, to what get if that a credit. Me? Loan. Like you can travel with drugs in your butt. <laughs> you know, light bulb moment. My mom traveled somewhere. She traveled back from seeing my sister, and she goes, drug dogs everywhere. Which I think is so oh. funny, because like, she's, lo- she's exaggerating it, mm. but they just had drug right, right, right. dogs everywhere. <laughs> Where does your sister live? Helsinki, <laughs> Finland. Oh, why? She works for the State Department, so she travels around. So she's lived like a lot of... So I go visit, wow. but that's what I need the passport. She have to go in the bright white shock rooms? Because it's so that? dark there in the winter. Oh, right. Because oh. it's so close to the Arctic Circle that people are like depressed. Yeah. Eating, eating their reindeer with a frown on their faces. <laughs> a lot of frowny a reindeer. A lot of frowny reindeer. Oh. And they sit in bright white rooms so they can like. Mm. I used to have. I one time was kind of depressed and I bought a canvas and I painted it fluorescent yellow. And I just hung it up in my apartment. Did it work? Yes. I was- Everyone said, is that supposed to be a post-it? I was like. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally thinking last night that I, yellow was kind of a happy color. Mm. And I'm not really like a sunny, bright person Mm. in any aspect of my life, but I do kind of like the color yellow. I gently kind Mm. of like the color yellow, even though it is opposed to my like only. Well, do you think of yellow as a warm or a cold color? Warm. I mean, it's kind of the definition mm. of warm, I guess, but I feel like certain yellows can be cool yellows. Yes, there are cool yellows. Right. I also Pastel. feel that it's a kitchen color. Like, a, like see this uh, makeup bag. I mean, that's almost like a green, mm-hmm. but that's kind of cool tone. That's I in feel the like. green family. That, that is yeah. cool toned. Yeah, a dot of gray in there will do that, I think. Mm. But don't you think that's a kitchen color? I think there are yes. certain colors assigned to certain... Because I think I tried to integrate yellow mm. into my like uh, hotel room room. <laughs> it was too Never dark. in the bedroom, right? No, I, I actually probably wouldn't do yellow in the bedroom. No, no, it's no. A stimulant. Yeah, um, it is kitchen color. But now, has everyone heard this thing of like people? Either is it people in yellow houses go crazy or ooh, like the Charlotte Perkins yellow wallpaper? Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, that's an old story. Yeah. It's a book about a woman who goes crazy in a room with yellow wallpaper. Maybe short story. Oh, it's a short story. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Maybe that's I, what I'm thinking of. I read of. it a long time ago. I feel like this is just yeah. like common house, old housewives. When I say, if you say housewives now, it sounds like you're talking about a Bravo show. Um, like old a, house. No, an old wives tale. Old wives tale. It might make you angry. <laughs> the real old housewives the real... of Beverly Hills. It might make you angry as well. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I had a te- my favorite teacher in sixth grade was a science teacher. She painted the walls yellow. She said it made kids smarter. Where she got this? They wake she's up. She's a science teacher. Mm. It, it makes you more alert, probably, and maybe it, yeah, stimulates a different part of the brain. Hmm. I'm for my hotel room now. My curtains are like an emerald color. So pretty. I and love that. When I went away, I, I bought the curtains. I went away, and the curtains in my hotel room were emerald. And I just thought, this is coming together in a way, in a very yeah. abstract, 
synchronistic manner. What color are your sheets? So my sheets are gray right now. They're t-shirt sheets. Oh, nice. I haven't I haven't gone full crisp hotel. And then I ended up getting a white duvet cover to be very hotel. Mm-hmm. And I returned it. And I'm using my coral colored like velvet uh, one. So coral bedspread, uh, emerald curtains, oh, and laundry everywhere. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> and- why did you return the white duvet? <laughs> because actually I was talking to Annie and she was like, Lizzie, you use self-tanner. You oh. wear – I'm messy. I've, you know, I'm not menopausal. Things happen mm-hmm. in the bed that are not conducive to white, a white duvet. Yeah. I guess I can see that. Although you can bleach a white duvet. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like that, that's the thing. Sometimes you can get rid like, of blood with then, bleach. I don't even change the filter on my Brita. I'm probably drinking water that has <laughs> soup in it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm behind. So I need things to be as simple as Mm. possible. That's going to be part of the streamlining, I think. Okay. But the goal, goal of, so streamlining, I think would be, well, I don't know if that would be a goal or resolution. Yeah. So what's the difference? Like when people go, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year. Mm. That's a goal. I want to lose 10 pounds as a goal. I would like to stop eating chocolate, I think is more of a resolution because it's ongoing. Hmm. I don't think a goal is stop eating chocolate because you don't reach a finite point. Right. Interesting. I think a resolution is I'd like to be uh, more accepting of myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like a resolution is like a promise you keep with yourself and a goal is aspirational maybe. I think a goal has a set... Mm point where it can it's be measured. achieved yeah so i don't think i could end a year and go i achieve self-acceptance because mm-hmm. i'm sure i would if it was go to the gym every day i think that's a goal that at the end right of it, say i did it or i broke my goal it's just it's binary you either did it or you didn't right so yeah i can't believe it's this time of the year already like the end of the year is upon us. You know what December feels like in LA in LA to me? December to me feels like an empty theater. Mm. Just <laughs> That's kind of perfect. Sitting there on the stage, you can kind of hear someone tinkering with the lights. You'll never see their face. <laughs> just kind of sitting there. Like that oof, that swelling darkness. I and it's kind of beautiful. Mm-hmm. You kind of get filled with like the night sky because everything's No, are you talking about because it's about to be a fresh musical or 2024 or because like people uh, have checked out. People have checked out. Yeah. People check out Thanksgiving weekend and Mm -hmm. barely come back. I feel like. Yeah. Is it just over? Like, is the year just over? The year is effectively over. Okay. Because this guy, so there's like a, a potential writing opportunity for me and, um, this last week, the guy was like, oh, so great. You know, someone put me in touch with it. Like, oh, so great to be in touch with you, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's talk early next week, which would have been the beginning of last week because he was traveling. And then I didn't hear anything, um, which is fine. But I am now like, should I follow up or should I wait? Oh, but I think God. it's because it's the end of the year. The age old question. Mm-hmm. I think I might. I'll wait a couple more days. I'm not concerned that it's going to go away or anything. I think 
but I think that it's, yeah. he got distracted. He got distracted. Yeah. That's usually the answer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't want to look too eager. I no, got I shit know. going on, you know? Yeah. I think about when people are like that to me. Someone said, hey, what time is the thing tonight? My How friend, aggressive. My friend and I were saying, Just kidding. if you can Google it, don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what me and uh, – that's Annie, too. I, I've been spending a lot of time – we've been there, there's been a lot of FaceTime. A, a friend of mine had a laptop, <laughs> and he goes, how did Kirby Puckett die? Yeah. And I go, what do you have on your lap that could possibly tell you? Like, it was like one of those things. Tig Notaro has a funny joke about mm. that, about Stephanie, like, popping her head in and going, hey, do you know what time Yum Yum Donuts closes? <laughs> People put that oh, on Facebook. They'll be like, "Hey, hive mind, what oh, should God. I? What what time does hey, this open?" Hive mind. <laughs> can I Mom groups person? are the worst for this. It's just like, guys need some dinner ideas, <laughs> and then like four hundred people will respond with dinner ideas. <laughs> oh well, God! When I so I have an away message on my phone. Mm-hmm. If you, have you gotten it before? Yes. No, I have. I haven't. I put my phone on do not disturb when I'm working on something because of the distraction Mm -hmm. and it says i'm away from my phone but i'll get back to you when the time is right done you know that i'm not ignoring you Mm -hmm. i'm i'm struggling (laughs) i didn't even know you could do that so this person texts i know me neither is a text or is it on the driving thing oh and it'll come on yeah no this is a thing i only recently (laughs) learned this is a thing too either yeah you do if you if you pull your thing down your screen down from the top Mm -hmm. it'll say do not do not disturb, yeah, silent, yeah. blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've seen that. If you put on driving, it'll say like, uh, it'll give its own automated thing. I can't can remember. Like it. this person's driving or whatever. You can erase that and just put your own thing. And mm-hmm. that's what I do. I customize it for for when you're working. Focus. Yeah. It's very challenging. I mean, I have like full on phantom limb iPhone. Oh, yes. Thing. Like I'll be like, ugh. I close and I like close Instagram and then I scroll and then I open it up immediately, like yeah, automatically. Yeah. Like, I just closed this. Yeah. <laughs> I have a huge problem. It's, get out of here. I'm trying to open Same. threads. Um, <laughs> wait, but you oh, brought so that up to person, So yeah. this person said, well, they were supposed to be helping me with something. It's fine that I talk about it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid of you. And I don't think you're listening. <laughs> what time is the thing tonight? Oh, right. And my, I was recording something, someone else's show, so my uh, my away message came up, and then they emphasized it. What? Exclamation points. And I was like, no, And they could have just looked no, it no, up. No, no, Yeah. It's <laughs> on my Instagram stories. It's on my website. It's on the theater yeah. thing. No, I, you don't you work know? for them. Right. People I want know. a social Google then. They want to, they want you mm. to tell them mm-hmm. the answers. Right. Is that banter? Yeah, what time is it at? Yeah. Yeah. Do you anyway. ever get people, like, you ever do a tour date? Because this will happen when I go play shows. Uh, like, let's say I played a show in Denver. And then, like, the next day, I'll, somebody will, like, tweet me and be like, when are you guys coming to Denver? Oh. It's like, <laughs> All you, the ears time. ringing, sir? <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Yeah. I have a homemade website where I list every single show. It's like you took the time to ask. There's an extra step. One extra step. Yeah. Why don't you just yeah pay attention? It drives Um, me crazy, but I probably do it also. 
I was just in Austin the day I left. Like, I couldn't think of anybody I knew in Austin. The day I left, like, two different people were like, why didn't you? Oh, yeah. I do that all the time also. My feeling, if you're a performer, this is for me. I don't even like to know who's coming to the show. Mm-hmm. I would rather people not go, we're coming tonight. I, w- I want to be surprised and just deal yeah. in the moment. Because if I think of who's going to be there, it creates some odd potion in my head mm-hmm. that I don't want in there. I do a thing. My wife was like, it's your birthday. You did my birthday show yes, this year. so fun. So she like invited all these people that like I'm friends with. And I was like, I don't, okay, I don't want to know. Basically, my brain automatically goes like, who's not here? And how much do I hate them? <laughs> <laughs> so you oh, take it personally, yeah. Yeah, I take, not enjoy oh. the people who are here literally singing happy birthday. Mm-hmm. To me. Oh, yeah, so that was all for naught. <laughs> I appreciate you doing being in the show. I've so had my it favorite just, It just wasn't enough show. to really get in there. <laughs> right. To really do it for him. It bothers me that I am like that, though, mm. I think. That's interesting. It sounds like it bothers Lizzie, too. <laughs> it does. I shouldn't have told Lizzie, the person really who was there. airing out a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> I love an airing of grievances. It's also it's as though we've we've unwrapped the cellophane of our relationship and inspected. <laughs> yeah, and deciding now, to keep now you're it. inside. <laughs> Do we eat this? <laughs> does it nourish us or does it make us sick? Tony, <laughs> yeah. I think it is time to do iTunes comments of the week. Now, normally Daniel would read the negative one, but I'm going to need someone in this room. I'm going to ask Lizzie to read it. Okay, I want. I can't wait to read these okay. nasty comments. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. All right. Now, the first one, uh, I'm realizing most of the people in this room won't know the reference, but I do. Okay, so there's a bunch of it's so it's hella good. There's a bunch of avocados. Uh, the little emoji, and then it says, check out the garage. Oh, yeah, check out the garage. Oh, yeah, it's a big garage. Get, get out of here, you motherfucker. All right, now, not everyone feels so warm towards the show that they want to send in a nice comment with a bunch of inside podcast jokes. For example, some people feel like this. They give anybody a podcast these days. This chick will be gone soon. <laughs> I'm so sick of basic people thinking they're special. Oh my god. Wow. What One is the star? Oh my god. I think the headline is couldn't make it through an episode or something like that. Um all I can see is couldn't make it th dot dot dot. Well, I'm sure I'll be gone any day now. As a basic <laughs> person, like in what way? It's such a self-own. <laughs> like, actually... like I'm gonna comment on it. It's like yeah. I don't know. I feel like negative comments are always a self-own. Right. Like Alice, it's not commenting on mm. your podcast. Right. right. Well, maybe I should. <laughs> well. Thank you for sharing your feedback, positive and negative. Again, <laughs> I just want to say, if you're someone who listens regularly. And feels negative, Lee, sometimes. I would urge you to do a five-star review, but keep the words negative because then you're not hurting the show that you love to hate. Although I think this is a genuine hater. I have some <laughs> funny haters, but I think this is like a genuine right. hater. Um, uh, but do leave your comments. I love to read them and I do believe they help the show. No one knows how this algorithm works, but I do think they help the show. Okay. I think it might be time for Podcast Pals product picks. 
That's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say just me or everyone. No. But anyway. Podcast pals, product picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who has a thing to recommend? Oh, is this a newer segment? Yes. Oh, yes, it was in the email. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I don't see emails. (laughs) (laughs) I have what's called email blindness. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, well, of course, I want to recommend Mike's book. I'd also like to recommend Aparna Nantrilla's book, Unreliable Narrator, Mm. Me, Myself, and Imposter Syndrome. And, um, yeah, it's really resonating with me. Also, there's a very weird song called we've lost dancing do you know this song Mm-mm. who's it by i think the artist is called maria m-a-r-e-a but when i was working at victoria's secret as a result of my podcast <laughs> i was like i have to qualify it they played it uh oh. it was part of the mix there and then um it's like we've lost dancing. It's really it's like there was so many things we lost during the pandemic. We've lost dancing. And it's like do 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 It's like wow. a, it's uh it's something it sounds like a song that you would just record with your friends. Mm-hmm. But then someone sent me a thing that like it was kind of in the zeitgeist and that um other people also thought it was weird and were and I was because it stuck out to me, mm-hmm. and I couldn't stop thinking about. It. So look up "We've Lost Dancing" and listen to Aparna's book. Okay, or read it. <laughs> Thank you. I have good uh, on the fly too. I commend that. Yeah. Yes, Jamie Loftus has a book called "Raw Dog," which I oh, really, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I listened to it also on Audible. She during 2021 took a tour around the country trying all of the famous hot dogs. It's a culinary journey. It is a cultural critique it is like a comments about Mm. capitalism it's it goes she goes hard in the paint i really enjoyed it it's like probably my favorite book i read or listened to uh this year Mm -hmm. and then okay this is i'm late to the game by a lot on this one but the up series it's a british docuseries that started in the 60s where they take seven-year-old children and they interview them, and then they follow up with them every seven years. Oh wow! And now they're all seventy years old. Oh my god! And so they've every, been doing this for they've done that nine many years? of nine wow. of them. Wow! And, and it's kind of fascinating because they ask they they pick rich British kids at private schools, they pick poor kids from the East End of London, they take kids who are in the country, and like they and they ask these rich kids like what what are you gonna do like what do you want to be they tell you like they name all of these private schools in Cambridge that they're going to go to and become attorneys. Then they all fucking do. And then they wow. ask like the poor kids what they're going to do. And he's like, I want to be a jockey when I grow up. And then he does. And they're like, what if jockeying doesn't work out? And he's like, I'll drive a cab. And then he does. And it's kind of the theory behind it is it's a Jesuit saying, which is give me a child till he's seven and I will give you the man. Mm. And it's like, are you the same person when you're seven as you are like the rest of your life? And this, and this show is kind of like you are, except some of the, some of them become homeless and you're kind of like follow up with them seven years later. And you're like, man, I hope that they figure it out. Like stuff like that. So that wow. one was fascinating to me. It's I, you have to get Brit box on Apple tv plus or whatever for like a month to watch it but it was it was uh fascinating fascinating to me um i have a correction to make the song is called m-a-r-e-a we've lost dancing and it's by fred again oh the m-a-r-e-a is part of the title yes 
Okay. And Paul Oaken uh Paul Paul Oakenfold posted about it. Got it. I now I want to like, hear the like song. You would think that was cool. Tony, do you think it's cool? I know I know so little about current music. <laughs> That's not current. Paul Oakenfold's been around <laughs> well, for yeah. yeah. Well, let's just hear it. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know if there was like a copyright thing. Um Okay. Let's do it. They're uh, they're they would probably be okay. appreciate. No, no, because we're talking about it. So, well, okay. are you? I don't know. We've lost dancing. This year we've had to lose our space. We've lost. We've lost dancing. If I were in a Victoria's Secret and I heard this song, I'd be like, what is happening? <laughs> this would come on how often? I would twice a day. Well, probably more than that. I was probably checked out. But it's just like such a bizarre thing. It just yeah. sounds like something you made on Garage Man right. with a friend when you were like. That happens when you, like I would go to this gym where they played all trap music. And I hated it at first, but then like the second or third time I heard it, I would be like, these expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. (laughs) I have the same thing where like all the music there, I eventually was like, I need to hear that song. Like there's another song called Say It With Your Eyes. Do you know the song? Mm -hmm. Say it with your eyes. Say it one more time. Say it with your eyes. I was just like, this is such a good song. But it's like, I would never dip into that genre. Mm. I did discover a song I love, but unfortunately I cannot remember what song it was. Oh. I think it might have been Riding Dirty by Chameleon ah! <laughs> in, an ex- in an express dressing room. Right. Hell like, yeah. What is this song? I love it. That's my MySpace p- song where you, when you on my landing Oh, yeah. Page. I like the song a lot. I love the song Apple Bottom Jeans. Yeah. Boots with the fr- okay, I just put <laughs> on just, yeah. of, like Santa has Apple Bottom Jeans. Boots with the fur. Boots with the fr- <laughs> <laughs> those, those songs oh both God. rip. Yes. Are we doing it? It's just me, or are we? Oh, we are. are yes. It? Hang on one second. I didn't T- know. Sorry, Tony. Do you have happen to have one? Oh, I didn't know you were going to call on me. Again. I know. I, I like to surprise you. If you uh, don't, it's okay. I we'll don't. get it next we, time. I know it's I, not yeah, Paul Oakenfold. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It will be next week. Uh, and I am going to recommend yeah. Osea Hyaluronic Acid Serum. It's uh, I'm kind of new to adding in a hyaluronic acid serum in my skincare. However, I have been liking this one. Um, I wash my face and then I have a vitamin C serum and then I wait and kind of let that soak in and then I put a tiny bit of water on my face and then use the hyaluronic serum and then I just then I put my moisturizer on and um, that's why I look like I'm 12. Okay, let's do just mirror everyone. Your skin Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Right, Lizzie, do you have one? Yes. I think I actually put threaded this one too. Mm. I'm obsessed with threads. I abhor threads, but I'm on it a lot. I think it's so fun. It's like freedom. Mm. Freedom from X. Um, okay. My this is it just me or everyone? I don't like how every holiday invitation starts with it's been a rough year. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's not party oh energy. <laughs> It's been a. That's so. We need to. We need to have some fun. (laughs) You're so right. We've all been through the ringer. (laughs) Our favorite celebrities have passed. That is so true. Please drag your wretched soul to my punch bowl. Please find the energy 
to peel yourself up off the floor <laughs> and make your way toward my address. Like, Oh, that's so that true. That is the perfect Lizzie Cooperman bit. Also, yeah, I know. I just okay. feel like, a, I'll feel like that a, a bit. They started doing that in 2016, like because of Trump. They were like, "This is the worst year ever." Yeah. But then every year yes. since then, they're like, "This is literally the worst hey, year." If you look, for but it, real, but really, every year has got been like worse. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> What's it, next? It has gotten worse. Yeah. But the, the strike was yeah, this year COVID, as bad as 2020. I mean, I think people mean like the strike. Oh, the right. Strike and um, oh, wars. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, yes. I'm sorry. I should have led with well, that. Well, pandemic. Yeah. Every year of the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but it's just nuts that every year has to be the worst. I want year a party invitation that's like, get insane. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Yeah. It's implied. This is it. Yeah. Without having to say it. Right. You can't write it's been a tough year next to confetti. <laughs> just, just pick a lane. Pick a lane. Yeah. It feels like it's like a, apologizing yeah. ahead of time. Mm. Mm. Show us, don't tell us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What's yours, Mike? My wife thinks it's insane that I can remember all of my elementary school teachers' names. And I wanted to know if that was... Oh. Like, in first grade, I had this. In second grade, I had this. Like, she's like, how... What is wrong with you? And I was like, I think... I Like, after that, middle school, I had a bunch of teachers. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to tell you who did everything. Like, high school is the same way. But kindergarten through fifth grade, I know who I had. And, like, I know who my classmates were. Yeah, me too. Uh, I might not be able to remember all the classmates, but I could do my teachers. Could you do first and last name, though? Because I don't know if I can do that. Oh, I don't know about first name. That's a great question. I don't know if I can do that. But, I yeah, I know mine. Okay. Do you, Lizzie? Yeah, I know mine as well. Okay, Tony? Well, Mm, I might not know high school as well as others. I remember... Yeah, those first. Yeah, I don't know if I can do high school. I couldn't do all of the high school teachers because mm-hmm. we, you know, changed classes. We changed classes. We right. changed classes. What yeah. grade did you start changing classes in? Sixth for me. That I could actually. Really? Yeah. All, all right. of your high school oh, teachers? Who did you have for math sophomore year? <sighs> well, I actually got my first F. Mm. in algebra because we had something called outcome-based education where they said you either get an A or a B or you fail. Oh. And I got a C and I went to summer school and the the teacher who was tutoring me through summer school retired. And they're like, there's no one left to help you. So I had to like explain that to colleges and stuff. It's like a whole rocket. Well, why would they? But I don't remember. Why A, B, or F? That seems. It was called outcome-based education. I don't even. Or so I got like an, it was either like an F or an incomplete Mm -hmm. or something. It was embarrassing though. Yeah. For what student of my stature. For sure. (laughs) A genius. (laughs) It was awful. A sandwich genius. Yeah, yeah a sandwich have, genius. They should have assessed your level of creativity and thought maybe math is not what we should. Do. I was writing parabolas on my sheets every morning when I woke up. <laughs> I dreamt of this. <laughs> I dreamt of an ellipse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. But I can't think of who my sophomore math teacher was, so I'm I'm out okay. on that. So, like English teachers had a huge impact on me. Sure, and I remained friends with and all the theater people. And You're still friends with your teachers. I, I remained friends with one of my teachers until like a couple of years ago. I should reach out. Well, that's her. dork shit, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> well, those people got me into theater and I oh. felt like I could go to them and they would, you know, they were like 
I loved the the uh, English teachers of Minneapolis is a whole subset of glorious. I had perfect attendance every year of elementary school because at the end they stood. I was the only kid, so I you stood never up. missed a day ever. No. Oh my god! So and I you're saying up. that's dork shit to Lizzie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool as fuck. <laughs> I st- I got they would I would stand up in front of the class and they would all the school and they would all applaud me. That's why I did it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, were you kind of a goody goody in a way? No, no, no. In ninth grade, I remember the teacher kept saying like, "Don't try to get brownie points, but brownie points, brownie points." And I raised my hand and I said, "What are brownie points?" And she goes, "Don't worry, Mister Bridenstein, you will not be receiving any." <gasps> and I go, "I think I know what they are." <laughs> <laughs> but what are they? Good, like bing- kiss ass points. Yeah, yeah. Wow, mm. is yeah. that from brown nosing that they? Oh, then- interesting. Or the, brownies were something Girl Scout. Well, yeah, related. like young before oh. you became. I was a brownie before you became a Girl Scout. You could be a brownie. Were there points? Was it a point based anything? Not that I remember. I mean, we sold cookies and stuff, but I don't remember points. I don't know the wow. etymology Maybe of brownie points. I just have a memory. What was it? I actually wrote a poem about that's called Mother Daughter Event. For brownies, we all went on like a boat somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think on the Saint Croix River, and my mom smoked and she ashed in a Diet Coke can. And I thought it was my Diet Coke oh, no, and the cherry oh, no. was in there. Oh. And I drank my mom's <gasps> oh, cigarette. Did you taste it? And she was like, oh, stop. I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't. I'm like water. Like, <laughs> oh, yes, my God. It like burned. Like I, I basically put out a cigarette with Oh, my oh mouth. you said there was the cherry in there. Like yeah, the whole like white. Little, oh, the, little, the like, cigarette cherry. I don't know. Okay. Was the, yeah, no, I, I it was a cherry it was. Coke. Yeah, I should specify. Yeah. It was a crazy. It was a cherry coke. Uh, and she didn't feel bad about no. it. No. No. <laughs> Were you in your little brown? I uniform? was a little ragtaggy. Yeah. Were you youngest? Y- yeah, youngest child. Oh, of right. Four. They made and you so watch my that... dinner with Andre. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I watched my dinner with Andre every day after school. It was the only movie we had <laughs> at home. <laughs> anyway. When I found this out, I was obsessed with this for the longest time. That she they would play my dinner with Andre every single day. I learned my sister and I learned the parts, and I actually did. <laughs> Who was wa- Wallace Shawn? Was Wally and Andre Gregory's Andre. Who played him at your house? Oh, me. I was Wallace Shawn. I'd be like, I haven't just seen grateful. my dinner with Andre. What is the plot? Oh, my goodness. So uh, uh, Wally is a realist, and he's a broke playwright, mm-hmm. and he's reuniting with Andre, who's this very imaginative, possibly path possibly a liar like you don't really know he'll be like and then they buried me alive in poland and when i came back and has endless supply of money somehow mysteriously has this wife named chiquita and has all these crazy theater experiences and wally's like really huh i'm just grateful if i wake up and there's not a cockroach in my coffee you know and andre's like but wally you will you wouldn't even believe what happened when we went to findhorn and like so it's two different people, both in the arts, meeting and their experience. And interestingly, the most recent time I watched it, I realized what a big role the waiter plays. Because he's the waiter is kind of us. Hmm. Mm. And who plays Andre? Um, Andre Gregory. Mm. And then Wallace Shawn, for people who might not be able to pick that up, he's in The Princess Bride. Yeah. He goes, inconceivable. That's yes. him. That was you as yeah, a child. That was me. <laughs> Is that inconceivable? Uh, and then let's take a just mirror everyone from a listener. Um, where I just had it. I just had it. Okay. 
Um, all right. Ryan says, I get very nervous that the security tag alarm is going to go off when I walk out of an exit at a store, even though I haven't done anything wrong. Is that just me or everyone? No, I do the same thing. Every store? Same. Pretty much. I, I will, I get paranoid doing nothing wrong in a, like you ever go in a store that's just like a, you know, some sort of mom and pop place Mm -hmm. that like, Mm -hmm. it's not busy and like you're the only one in there. Yeah. I'm like paranoid that That they're they're going to like think that I'm stealing or something every single time. Interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, like we yeah. all have some guilt. Yeah. Uh, when I go at the airport, when I go through the metal detector and it doesn't go off, why would it go off? Like, I've never set right. a metal detector off. But wh- whenever I go through a metal detector and it doesn't go off, I feel like, oh, phew. Yeah. Do you know I had to get swabbed and stuff at the airport? Like, I was held up by security and they were, like, wiping my hands and they had to call over a supervisor. I guess there was something on my hands. Some kind of lotion. Had you used some kind of lotion? Because I mm. – there's a lotion that I used to use that would always come back something or other. Oh, interesting. So for while I was going through IVF, I didn't want to go through the scanner just because I was just like – I got paired. I was like, what if it's miscalibrated? What if I get too much, you know, x-ray? Da, da, da. So you can opt out and ask them to just pat you down. So I would opt out. It always took a little bit of extra time. And they would always be like, female assist, female assist. And then they'd come over and they'd pat you down and they'd do the swab. And it kept coming back like something bad. Um, and then also one of my bags did too. And I assume, I don't know if it could have been like glycerin and lotion or I don't know what it was. Interesting. It's an unsatisfied source since I don't know. <laughs> moisturizer with sunscreen. <laughs> mm. Maybe that might set it off. So what happened though? Then they they just end up like doing it was a more kind thorough of search. And let yeah, because they were patting me down and it was like pretty close to the crotch area. Mm. It was they were they were in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's weird And they is- took it was like one They were poking the box. <laughs> they, poked the box. <laughs> they were ready. What's weird, and if anyone who do I have any TSA listeners? Um, what is it that they're finding on your hands that then is worrisome? I, here's the other thing. Ra- in raccoon fashion, mm-hmm. I have a very messy bag. And I, sometimes I'm like, I wonder if there's one. When I was but a child mm-hmm. and I, I won the Laugh Across America contest. You did? I went to do the Las Vegas Comedy Festival. This was like 2004 or something. It was the day after 4th of July and I'd gone to a crazy party and someone put fireworks in my backpack and I didn't know that. Oh my God. And um, the guy, when I went through, st- or the, the woman stopped me and she was like, what is this? And I go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Put those away, put those away. And she just was like, okay. And let me go through. I was like, I'm going to a comedy festival. Like this is the big, like I thought it was the biggest, you know, deal in the world, but she cheated. And helped me. Look at that. But we would have she had the best 5th hell. of July of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> she let me through. But someone put fireworks in my backpack. So what did you do when you when you got there with them? Just threw them out? She threw them out. Oh, That's she the threw thing. them out. Yeah, she yeah. just went like that. Yeah. Oh. I thought yeah. you meant she just let you through. That's what I thought, oh, too. No, she put no, them no. in your ba- back she in your bag. She threw them in the trash. Yeah. Then maybe she had a party of her own. <laughs> I don't know what they were. They could have just been those little worms that burn or whatever. Mm. 
Does anybody go through that trash? There's got to be good stuff in that right. trash. <laughs> I watched at least guy, entire bottles of water. Yeah, a lot of water. I, I watched a guy just take out multiple like fancy mustards and drop it. It looked unopened. <laughs> and I was like, there's oh. good stuff in that trash. <laughs> what are the chances that we had to throw away a whole mustard? <laughs> We were flying back from Hawaii. Daniel had purchased a... Uh, I know. I was yeah. literally going to say, who's traveling with mustard? I know. It's so weird. We had purchased um, like passion fruit. He he bought passion fruit mustard uh, and, did, and didn't realize you can't bring it in your carry-on. Yeah. So we had to throw it out. A whole thing of but passion fruit mustard. Food. You're but right. Not mustard. Not, it's, it's like Too- a gel. Above the size or liquid, yeah. I mean, and it wasn't a huge thing, but it was like big enough that, yeah. The only other option would have been to go buy like forty five hundred sandwiches and slather them in mustard and bring them all on. Now, mustard is one thing that elevates Swiss. Mm. That's a Swiss elevator. (laughs) (laughs) It totally is, (laughs) guys. This has been too much fun. Thank you so 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 much. I love being here. I love that you were able to do this show. And I told you, there were people in Portland who were like, we're fans of oh, yeah, yeah. We were John Allison Rosen when I was there. I got the bump. I forgot. Yeah, you mentioned that in an email, and then I forgot to follow up. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. They seem lovely, lovely and nice. The nicest people ever. Yes. I love that. Yes. And they said they heard you on here. Yeah. They were like, we listened to you on Allison Rosen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were so If you're listening, if, if these specific people are listening, announce yourself so I can say, oh, I love that. We love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mike, where might we find you? Plug whatever you'd like to plug. Instagram is good at Mike Bridenstine on Instagram. I have I have a book uh, that you can get on Amazon. While you're uh, reviewing and rating Allison's new five year anniversary book, you can Thank go you. there and check out the perfect amount of wrong. That's where I would like you to go. Wonderful, Lizzie. I have a website, LizzieCooperman.com. I have all my shows there. And I have a lot coming up next week. I'm doing a show with a full band on the 14th. Oh my gosh, how fun. At Permanent Records Roadhouse. That's fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm so excited. And then I have a show that I co-host actually with Aparna and Brent Weinbach called Tasting Menu. That's on, we need to get you on, uh, UCB on the 19th. Um, I'm still doing tarot readings. The form for that to get a reading with me is on my website. I am creating a new tarot website called TarotRx. But I haven't mm. built it yet. So if it's not there, it's going to be Tarot RX. Do you already have that <clears throat> that uh, URL? I got the domain. Okay, good. And the site builder, I can't figure it out. And that's that's the holdup. Mm. It's it's not a raccoon thing, but it feels a little raccoony. Mm-hmm. And then it's not. It feels a little tangly. Yeah. Um, you'll unknot. You'll unknot it. You'll I'm, untangle that knot. <laughs> and I'm also selling sandwiches online. <laughs> <laughs> I like you tangled. I got to be honest. <laughs> Uh, and Tony Uh, Instagram at Tony Thaxton Uh, Bizarre Albums every Tuesday Motion City Soundtrack be on tour in starting New Year's Eve on the East Coast and Midwest wonderful and you guys subscribe to my newsletter it's a ton of fun subscribe subscribe or sign up for my Patreon and then I have my other Patreon that I do with Todd Perry my former Upworthy Weekly co-host and that is Allison and Todd After Hours and you can find and listen to Childish please find all this stuff at allisonslinks.com which forwards to my link tree, (laughs) which you can get in my Instagram bio, but I felt like it was a little cumbersome to explain all that. And I kept talking about it on the show and then a listener bought Uh, allisonslinks.com and sent it to me. And here we are. (sighs) 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Alice and Rosen show? 